Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Now, many of you may be watching or following the case of Ghislaine Maxwell, who's the daughter of, obviously, Mr. Maxwell himself, who sadly lost his life overboard on a ship many, many years ago. Um, Now, a lot went on yesterday in the case on day four, including, by the way, uh, the first accuser of Ghislaine Maxwell's child sex trafficking trial. She testified that Jeffrey Epstein introduced her to Donald Trump when she was 14 years of age. And the accuser also claimed that she was on a flight with Prince Andrew. Now, she didn't accuse Donald Trump or, indeed, the Duke of York of any kind of misconduct. But she did use the pseudonym Jane in the court. And, of course, she was cross-examined where they tried to discredit her. Now, many people are watching this. Many people in the media are saying that she's being used, or many of her, I suppose, defence team, and many people in the media are saying she's being used as a scapegoat for Jeffrey Epstein, who, of course, took his life back in 2019. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein, the convicted paedophile. Uh, but on the phone, to give you a little bit more information, is Eric Vidali, who's partner of the Bloom Civil Rights Firm and represented eight victims of Jeffrey Epstein. Good afternoon to you, Eric. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, Eric, a lot of people very interested worldwide in this case. Um, of course, uh, the, Ghislaine Maxwell has portrayed herself as a victim and somebody who's been scapegoated for the crimes of Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein, who's not around to answer for his crimes anymore. But how do you believe the trial is going so far? We've had the opening statements. Now we're into day four, where they're essentially trying to discredit this woman who's making these accusations. They are. They're, the defense is doing a, a, a decent job of pointing out a lot of the inconsistencies um, in Jane's story. The problem for the defense, though, what's great for the prosecution, and of course, Jane, is it's pretty normal for victims of sexual abuse to have minor discrepancies in their story. That's actually an indication of credibility as opposed to the opposite. Whereas if a victim had told the same exact story with the same exact details every single time, that would be more of a sign of perhaps someone not telling the truth. So it's an interesting strategy, and the defense has done a lot of interesting things. In the opening statement, instead of really blaming Jeffrey Epstein and calling Ghislaine the scapegoat, they sort of defended Jeffrey Epstein, and they even referred to Jeffrey Epstein as a 21st century James Bond, which I thought was Oh, my. Shocking. Oh, my. Okay, now, just for to remind people, the charges, of course, in this particular case involve four alleged underage victims and multiple locations over a 10-year period between 1994 and 2004. There's also two counts of perjury, but they'll be tried separately. But if she goes down for these particular four alleged underage victims or the charges in these cases, she could get up to 80 years in jail because, of course, America holds no prisoners. Um, so, I mean, that's a, a terrible long time. And she is she making any um, admit? Does she admit to any part of this whatsoever? That's, that's a good question. And from what I can tell from the first couple of days of trial, is she is not admitting anything. Her defense uh, team is really defending every single aspect of every charge, even going so far as to defend Jeffrey Epstein, which I just think was sort of a, a surprising strategy here. Mm. They're trying to pick apart the memories of memories of all the all the victims. They're saying Ghislaine was a scapegoat. But what they didn't say, what I thought was was surprising, I kept waiting in the opening statement for the defense to say that Ghislaine never had any idea what Jeffrey Epstein was doing. They never said that. They they got close and said that 
uh, you know, Jeffrey Epstein had secrets, compartmentalized his life, but they never went so far to say Ghislaine didn't know or go so far to say Ghislaine was a victim of her own manipulation or something along those lines. And what is the accusation? The accusation, of course, is that she, the six counts of enticing minors and sex trafficking over a 10 year period. So in other words, that she went out and procured these girls from what we believe were girls who were in a very vulnerable position, young girls who maybe didn't have family or who were out on their own and maybe in a new city. Is that the is that the insinuation that she went out knowing that she was bringing them back to Jeffrey Epstein for him to use them for sexual pleasure? Is that the insinuation? That is, and the, the charges require the the prosecution to prove that Elaine recruited and or enticed uh, to bring a a minor for a a forced or fraudulent commercial sex act. But they could also prove that she just sort of she was, it was a there's a conspiracy charge. So they could also prove that she sort of just participated and assisted Jeffrey Epstein. And, and, you know, the, the, the allegations that went to that yesterday were Jane alleging that Glenn was in the room while during some of the sexual... During while he was, well, he was being massaged by, by one of the victims. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Exactly. And the massage, uh, of course, was the code, yes. For of course, yes, yes. I, I mean, in relation to how she will even defend herself in this... What is she suggesting then? Because she can't deny that she was there. She can't deny, for example, she was on the jet because the pilot of the jet will give evidence at a later... I don't know whether he's been on the stand already, but I know he will give evidence at a later date that, you know, she was on the jet with him with some of these young girls and other celebrities as well. So she can't deny she was there. She can't deny she took part in going out. Is she just going to say, I brought them shopping or something like that, or I was just being good to these people? I mean, how is she actually going to defend that? Because there's evidence that she did bring them back to the house or to the jet or whatever it happened to be. Right. There's certainly evidence that she was always around Jeffrey Epstein, and it would be, you know, an absurd thought to think that she didn't know. That's sort of the prosecution strategy. What the defense is saying is they're defending on multiple fronts. One, they're just completely trying to discredit the victims and the witnesses, saying their memory is wrong or they're in it for the money or something along those lines. That was the suggestion, yes, of course, that they were in it for the money. Yes. Exactly. Although they were... The testimony is that the money was already paid to them, so there'd be no incentive for them to further testify. Just, just, just for my listeners, because Ameri- for- sorry to interrupt you, Eric, but just for my listeners, okay. because American law will be very different to Irish law in that respect. So, have there be- has there been any civil cases already in this matter? When you talk about money, are these um, NDAs or what, what happened? The- how come money has already changed hands in this case? It's a great question. So in the United States, there are two tracks if someone is wronged or a victim. There's the civil tract, which is where you sue for money damages. Then there's the criminal tract where you try to bring the, you know, the defendant to, mm-hmm. to criminal justice. Uh, in this case, the, the Jeffrey Epstein Fund, Jeffrey Epstein's estate, set up a, a claims administration fund, which they hired an impartial firm to adjudicate or to judge multiple, multiple allegations, multiple people, victims' allegations. How many allegations were there against? How many allegations were there against Jeffrey Epstein? Civil case? How many Uh, civil cases? There were were a lot. I mean, I represented eight victims. I know that there were, I mean, I I think I've heard probably in the hundreds um, of claims that were actually made to the the administrators. So what what we saw yesterday and in the last couple of days is that Jane went through that program and was awarded money by the, the claims administrators. For okay, so it's, it's similar to a, a redre- what they call a redress scheme over here, which is a, a standard scheme of redress where people can get money or compensation if they've been wronged by the state or by anybody else. Okay, and so yeah. she, the, Jane had already got money, so to speak, and the claim to discredit her yesterday was, well, you're only in it for the money. 
Exactly. And, and then the prosecution pointed out, do you have any stake in the outcome of this trial? Do you have any financial stake in what happens here at this trial? And the answer, of course, was no. Mm-hmm. Now, how, what was her demeanor yesterday? I mean, did she break down on the stand? Um, did the judge intervene at any stage when the cross-examination became too difficult? I thought she was very strong and very brave. You know, I, I'm sure I don't have to tell you or your audience that it is a very difficult thing for a sexual abuse victim to get on a, a witness stand and mm-hmm. take cross-examination, tell their story to Jeffrey, you know, about what happened with Jeffrey Epstein, you know, the worst thing that's ever happened in their lives, and then to tell that story to strangers and be nitpicked and cross-examined and questioned about it is a very difficult thing to do. There were a couple moments when, when she broke down crying, which of course is understandable, but I thought she was very brave very strong, and really held her composure very well in what was a very, very difficult situation for any person. Also, the jurors, of course, were told that Maxwell and Epstein were partners in crime, and in that same uh, trial, they're now being told that names like Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, and many others will probably be named as well throughout the course of this case. Now, again, there's no suggestion by Jane that these men had done anything wrong, uh, be it the Duke of York or Bill Clinton or Donald Trump, but it's still not for these high-profile people who kind of hung around with Jeffrey Epstein. It's still not good to have their name mentioned in a courtroom under these circumstances. Right. I don't think anyone wants to be men- mentioned or affiliated with Jeffrey Epstein for very obvious reasons. And certainly with the pilot's testimony and Jane's testimony, there were some very high-profile names you know, mentioned. It's not surprising, you know, to someone you know, like myself who's worked on these cases. You know, what Jeffrey Epstein did is he would flaunt his relationship with powerful people as a way of controlling and intimidating his victims. So it was a really, really terrible and sad scheme he did. He would show pictures of himself with these very powerful, influential people, and that's how he kept his victims silent and, in, and afraid for so long. Um, in this case, how long do you think it's going to last? It's going to last, I think, they're predicting about six weeks. Mm-hmm. I know that one, there was an issue about you know Christmas break, and so I think it's going to go through Christmas. Uh, I think it's going, to last, uh, it's going to last six weeks. There's going to be a lot of evidence, a lot of witnesses. It'll be very interesting to see how it all plays out. I mean, Ghislaine Maxwell herself, what was her demeanor? And, and eventually, I'm sure she has a pretty good defense team because she has uh, quite a large pit of money and probably a lot of money from her, her father as well from when he was alive too. So she has her own money anyway. So, I, how, I mean, what was her demeanor? Did, did she look believable? Very hard to tell. So she hasn't testified. She's just sitting at the far table. She's wearing a mask, of course, because of COVID restrictions in the courthouse. It's really hard to see. She has sort of longer hair. It is very difficult to see what sort of what her demeanor is, what her reactions. You can't see her eyes. You can't really see how she's reacting. From what I can tell, it's just pretty stoic, uh, which is often how you'll see you defending. You know, you'll often, you'll often Does she look well? Because her own brother was on British television not so long ago saying she was being mistreated in jail. Uh, she's been in jail, of course, for the last year. Does she look well? Uh, it's really hard to tell. I, you know, I, I haven't seen her really in person. It's just, you okay. know, through, it's from, you know, very distant with with a mask on. But okay. I did I did see that her brother yesterday um, made that allegation. Yeah. yeah, that she had been mistreated in jail. I don't know how true those allegations. I know they are being investigated and how true those allegations are. Well, look, we will wait and see what is happening in this case. If you were a betting man, Eric, um, how do you think oh. the case is going? Is it going in her direction or their direction? I think it's going in the prosecution's you know, direction. One difficult thing for prosecution is it's, you just have to kind of present evidence, but you don't get to explain the evidence and why it's important till the end. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times during the trials, you think the defense is winning until the, until the prosecution gets to give their 
closing argument and tie all the pieces together. So it's really hard to judge until you get to that moment. All right. Well, I think everybody is going to be watching this with bated breath. Uh, just we have many other trials in the in the United States. I have to say, the United States trials tend to end up live on television. This one didn't, by the way. And I'm curious, actually, because we obviously a lot of us were watching the Rittenhouse trial only recently. Uh, why didn't? Why wasn't this particular trial televised? You would imagine it would be one of great interest. That would have been. Right. So that's actually an easy answer. Federal trials in the United States are not televised. Trials that take place in federal courts. You mentioned the Rittenhouse. That's a state court trial. Oh, okay. So in the United States, we have we have courts on the state level, and then United States federal courthouses. Federal court uh, trials are not televised. All right. Well, listen. Thank so you very much. It's not different than any others. Yeah. Thank you very much indeed. And I appreciate you coming on the air today and explaining it all to us very well. Thank you very much indeed. That's uh, Eric oh, Fidali, who is Thank the you. Bloom Firm New York City Managing Attorney who represented eight of the alleged victims of Jerry, Jeffrey Epstein, giving us a bit of an update on the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, which I know a lot of people are watching. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going to be on TV. I believe there's a Netflix show already planned in relation to the whole thing that's probably in the making. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.